God is tapping me on the shoulder. I'm here for something more. And I know it. I feel it. I'm no longer willing to spectate. It's no longer enough for me to just sit and listen. He's calling me. And I have to wonder. Is he calling you too? Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Hey, uh, happy birthday, by the way. This past Thursday was our three-year anniversary for Church of the Lakes. Three years, isn't that crazy? For some of you guys that have been with us since the beginning, um, sometimes it feels like it was yesterday. Sometimes I feel like it's been quite a journey to get here, but uh, been absolutely amazing. So thank you for joining us this morning. If you did not get a guide, then uh, we've got, if you'll raise your hand, um, and Dimitri's right there. So he needs a guide. <laughs> Last week he said he held his hand up and he couldn't find anybody and he felt, he felt unloved. So I'm just going to stop right now in the middle of service and say, Dimitri, we love you very much. So <laughs> hey, good morning, good morning. If it's your first time here, welcome to Church of the Lakes. And uh, we're so excited. And a couple different ways that you can communicate with us that it's your first time here. Inside the guide, there's a connection card. And in that, you can fill out, and all we ask for is your name, email, and phone number. So it's real quick. And then if you'd mark on there, I'm a first-time guest. I promise you we're not going to show up at your front door, anything crazy like that. Uh, we just want to know that you are here and maybe have an opportunity uh, to talk to you. Usually I call first-time guests and have an opportunity to just say, hey, what questions do you have about the church, that kind of thing. So we'd love to know you're here. If you're distancing and you're concerned about passing things, we have an e-guide. You can get on your phone, go to cotlakes.com, click on the little menu, and there's an e-guide, and you can do it electronically. Same thing, first time guests, sermon notes, events, all those kind of things that are coming up. So uh, want to uh, to ask you to do that if you will. Real quick, I'm, I'm really excited about today's teaching and I want to get into it, but a couple quick things real quick and that is oftentimes people will say, I came to church and it was weird because nobody ever passed the bucket. So let me go ahead and tell you if you're a guest or a first time you hadn't been here that long, we don't pass the bucket for our tithes and offerings. There are boxes in the back of the room. So there's little blue boxes. There's one here and there's two in the back and so we just drop it in on our way out okay so just so you know that because i've had a couple different people lately we've had a bunch of visitors and been like what do i do with this um and so uh and so thank you for your giving if it's your first time please don't feel compelled that you have to give we're just glad you're here uh but i do want to say thank you so much to all of our regular givers it has been amazing that we've gone right through covid right through the summer and all this and still be able to do all that we have been able to do in missions and everything else. And that's a testimony to your faithfulness in that. We are one week left, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, one week left, so hopefully you are being a part of that, participating. If you haven't yet, you got a week. You can participate this week. Uh, and our goal is, we've said through the whole time, is... We can do a lot of cool stuff. Like I can give you a list of stuff that Church of the Lakes has done. Giving money away. Believe it or not, um, in three years... We are creeping up on a half a million dollars given away as a church. That's, that's pretty significant for a three-year-old church. And, uh, but I want to say to you, um, that, that 
in, in that whole scenario that, that we really want you to understand why we do what we do, how we do, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, we have this thing called Life Steps for you to come and participate and be a part of that whole uh, deal as well. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of information. Uh, one of the things I want to announce as well is because of your giving, we just sponsored the Leesburg High School cheerleading squad, uh, which is pretty killer. Uh, they came and videoed with us last week. And so in two weeks, August the 30th, the service will open up with a cheer from the Leesburg High School cheerleaders. So for all of our cheerleaders out there, um, and that includes Mr. Wally, apparently Mr. Wally was a cheerleader. And uh, if you come on that day, I'm going to show you a picture from the 1951 yearbook of Mr. Wally, the cheerleader. All right. So, so if nothing else, come to church just to see that picture that day. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. But also that'll be fifth Sunday family worship. That day is going to be crazy. Cheerleaders. We have a child dedication. We have two baptisms signed up so far. We have the kids ministry in with us. We have our teenagers doing a special dance and worship that day. So I'm going to preach for about seven minutes on that day because that's about what I've got, that window. Uh, but make sure you join us in two weeks for a fifth Sunday family worship. We are now in the third week of a series that we've been doing called We Can't Stay Here. And, um, and I was thinking about, like, how do I say it to you um, if maybe it's your first time here and, and, and you don't actually know kind of where we are in the series, just to catch you up. And I, and I thought of it just saying it this, this way. There's more to the story. There's, there's more to your story. And you know it. You know it. Like, every one of us has this feeling of, there's something more. Like, there, there's something... And every one of us has this a little bit of a feeling like, maybe, am I missing a little something? Like, is there something I'm not quite... Like, there's this feeling inside of us. And it's because God has created you for amazingly... Uh, amazing. And, and the Word says that, that it's more than you can ever think or imagine. So, like, think of your craziest, wildest dreams. And God has already thought of more than that for you in your life. And the struggle, though, is for some of you, when I say that... There's a tension. Come on. Right? There's a tension. And the tension is everything that's been said to you that you're not. Maybe even words that you've said to yourself. Right? You look in the mirror and you don't quite match up the way you would like to in certain ways. We look on social media and we do comparison. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But there's this battle going on. And so we've gone back to a verse that we actually launched this church on. And and I want to go back to it. This is what we've started every week with. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief. Jesus refers to the devil as a thief. That's his, the title he uses most often for the devil. He's a thief. See, he wants to steal. He wants to steal the idea that you were made for something more. He wants to kill the idea that there's purpose in your life. He wants to destroy your identity. Because your identity, listen to me, if you so choose to follow Jesus and ask him to come into your heart, is a child of God. Created with destiny and purpose beyond what you can think or imagine. And that's the battle. Right? Because Jesus goes on and he says, But I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Anybody sound, does that sound good to anybody? Sound good to have life to the full? Come on, anybody want to wake up in the morning and go, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for today. Even though you got to go to work? Why, why is it that on beach days, like we're beach people and we love water and outdoors and I went fishing Friday and then I went to the beach. I mean, I, we, we love outdoors. On beach days, I can wake up at whatever time you want to wake up. Come on, somebody. But on work days, snooze, snooze, honey, get up. Stop hitting the snooze. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? 
And, 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 and I think what God wants to do is he wants to shift our mindset. He wants to shift and, and we can't stay where we are. Where we're just working for the weekend. Where we're just working for that next high. Because I want you to hear something. Listen to me. Mondays are really important. <laughs> are you hearing me? Mondays are important. Matter of fact, my trainer Al said it to you guys many times. Al says, we calls it Monday fun day. But he says this, if you hate Mondays, then actually you hate a seventh of your life. You ever thought about it that way? And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, I can't stay here. I can't stay here mentally. I can't stay here emotionally. I need to do something more because according to God's word, I was created for something bigger, something more. And so it's interesting because the devil wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy and take away from us. While Jesus is trying to give us life. But what we've pointed out that is so important about this verse is that the devil comes and he takes from us. Right? And he takes. But how many of you know trouble just comes real, real easy? Come on, somebody. Am I the only one that trouble just seems to follow you? Right? Like I turn around and there's trouble there. There's there's temptation there. There's a problem. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. The implication there is it doesn't just happen. We have said this for the last few weeks, you got to choose it, right? You actually have to make an active choice to have this life that he's talking about. How many of you, how many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand. How many Facebook? Okay, put your hand down. How many of you on Instagram? We got Instagrammers. Good. How many have Snapchat? This will be interesting. Look at the youth, right? There's like a couple of old people who are like, I'm cool. And the rest are young people. All right. But, but here's what I've noticed. Here's, here's Facebook, Instagram, it's not all of them, really. They have this thing called stories. You know what I'm talking about? Like you got an Instagram story or you got your Snapchat story. And I was looking at it this week and thinking about that whole process. And it's really misnamed. Because it says, this is my Instagram story. But how many of you know that's not a whole story? It's a scene. It's, it's misnamed. That's not your whole story. That's one little scene that you tried to create to define a story that probably is not your whole story. Probably not the true story. Right? And so we, we have this struggle. We're, we're having this wrestle inside of us and our whole culture is having this wrestle going, you know, I can't stay here. I feel like there's something more I'm supposed to do. There's something I'm going to do, but but, but, but I don't know what that looks like. And we have a whole culture now that's been taught, hey, look, if you can't live a story that you love, then just create one on social media. Right? Just create a facade, and I can at least take joy in and live in that this is the way people look at me, or that I got a hundred likes in the picture that I sent. Is, is anybody understand what I'm saying? Like this, this is what's going on in the pull within our culture. Romans 12 and 2 says this though. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? By changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Then, listen, catch this. This is important. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. That's purpose. That's purpose and meaning and destiny, right? There's a purpose that God has for you. And if you will change the way you think, you will come to know God's will for you, which is, look at these words, good pleasing and perfect. Somebody this morning needs to hear that simple reality. God has a plan for you. Listen to me. And it's good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. And within it, there is fulfillment. Within it, 
there is contentment. Within it, I can settle down and be comfortable in my own skin. I love getting around people who are comfortable in their own skin. Do you know what I'm talking about? That they're just real and kind of what you see is what you get. And it's okay for you to see my warts and my stuff. Because we're not living in a social media world where they're trying to create a facade of what my life really is. And so I want to talk to you because the last few weeks we've been saying you got to make a choice. We just said you got to choose life, right? You have to choose it. So first week we said you have to pray first. The choice is prayer. First thing we should always do before you make a decision, pray, right? Before you eat, come on, say grace, pray, right? Before you decide to go somewhere, stop and pray in the car before you go. Before you post what you're about to put, don't post. No, but pray at least, right? Pray first. And then last week we said, let's choose purity. Purity that daily, come on somebody, we got to choose purity. I mean, how many of the guys, maybe I'm not the, hopefully I'm not the only one, but it seems every time I'm on social media or even some of the stupid little games that I play, anybody else got little dumb games you play? And then the next thing you know, something pops up and it's like a half naked woman. Like that's that, the devil just bringing it straight to you. You know what I'm talking about? Just the temptations there. It seems like on Facebook, I get a whole bunch of what are, what are ultimately not appropriate friend requests. You know what I'm talking about? That whole that it's coming out. So we have to choose purity. But today, today I want to challenge you with this idea. You have to choose, and it's a choice. It's not going to happen by osmosis. You have to choose purpose. Purpose. When you get up tomorrow morning, you can just go through the day. Or you can choose, consciously choose purpose. We're going to read a verse in just a minute. It's going to talk about the reality that God himself ordained all your days. That before you were ever formed, come on, before you were ever formed, he wrote tomorrow for you. Like he wrote purpose into that. And how often do we get up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, snooze, snooze, snooze. We get up and make our way to the coffee maker if you're a coffee person, Right? And I've already got the agenda, I've already got the idea, and I just go through a day not giving any credence to the fact, wait a minute, you mean the creator of the universe has already put some purpose to this day? And so you've got to choose. Now, I think there's some enemies to purpose, and I, and I want to start with that. I want to start with that before I give you kind of some practical ways that we can go at purpose. Some of the enemies of, of, of purpose are this. One is just confusion. It's confusion about what what is purpose, right? What, what is, and, and the research says, according to Barna, it says 87% of people sitting in church right now. So that is the majority of the people sitting in church right now don't really know what their purpose is. Would have a really hard time putting something together to explain what is purposeful or what their purpose is or what tomorrow should look like. So there's confusion. I'm, we're we're going to work on that a little bit today. The second one that is an enemy of purpose Catch this, is comparison. It's comparison. You don't see your purpose because you're too, too focused on everybody else's purpose. You get on social media and you want their life. Come on. And their boat. <laughs> right? I, I want to be able to sing Lionel Richie every once in a while. You know what I'm talking about? Easy like Sunday morning. 
My wife and I always say that song is just stupid. That makes no sense in the Matheny household. There's no such thing as easy like Sunday morning in, in the Matheny household. But when we look at other people and I want their boat and I want their life, I want their, oh, she got a brand new kitchen. I need a brand new kitchen, right? Like we, we go into this comparison mode or I want their hair or I want their weight. Can I say this to you? They don't look like that all the time. Come on, somebody. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go there real quick. You ready? Please stop using filters. Listen, listen, listen. Because you think everybody's really excited to see you because they jump when you come. They're scared because you look crazy up in person. You know what I'm talking about? Because they got so used to seeing all this phony stuff. You walk out there like, oh, hey, hey. Hey, stay over there. Hey. Right? So so listen, we get into this comparison game and, and, and we're struggling back and forth. We do it. Pastors do it. Come on. I have to be really careful about getting on and looking at other churches and what they're doing. Well, maybe our church should do that. Come on. No more. Every pastor out there wants to be T.D. Jakes. You know, I can't be T.D. Jakes. Ain't nobody can, can preach like T.D. Jakes, but T.D. Jakes. And I can't be Stephen Furtick because Stephen Furtick, I can't be it. So stop. Right. I mean, no, but, but, but really, we, we do this comparison thing and, and, and we have to stop. Listen, listen, this is so important for you to catch. You will always be miserable comparing your life to someone else's calling. Chasing someone else's pers- uh, uh, their, their portion when you have your own por- portion to pursue. Are you hearing me? You'll always be miserable in that. And so... No, I, I can't be T.D. Jakes and I can't be Steve. I got to be Mike. I got to be Mike who's been put here in Leesburg. You got to be you that's been put here in Leesburg or Lake County, Sumter County, wherever God has placed you. And we've got to stop looking and, and, and comparing to all the other people around us and thinking that that's going to get us somewhere. You can never find your purpose on Pinterest. Listen to me, you can find some good life hacks, but you can't find your purpose. You can't find your purpose in someone else's social media. Come on, all right, ladies, let's talk for a second. Ain't no woman got the acne cream, the top bun and sweatpants and puts that on social media. Come on. But you got acne cream, top bun, sweatpants, and you're comparing yourself to that person. You hearing me? Like comparison is a, is a killer of purpose. And, and, and so we can't be distracted. I'll say it to you this way. You won't be distracted by comparison if you're captured by your purpose. Right? Your purpose. Number three, enemy of purpose is, is just the counterfeit. See, the devil loves to bring a counterfeit. Loves to bring something that is not true, that's not real. Listen to me, hear me clearly. You don't need a career as much as you need a calling. Most people, hear me, most people are going to do a career to support their calling. Like you have a job. And for some, you're blessed enough that your purpose is tied into it somehow. And it is. There's some purpose there. You have purpose in your office, where you work, what you do. But listen to me. A lot of us go to work and get a paycheck 
to help pay for our calling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul made tents. Why? So he could go out and start churches and write the scripture that we read today. Are you hearing me? Right? And so we need to start looking at it from that standpoint. God has a plan for your life. And I know that sounds cliche-ish because you've heard it too much. We put it on too many bumper stickers. Right? We, we put it on. And, but listen to me. As, as much of a cliche as that is, it's profoundly true. God has a plan for your life. He makes the person to fulfill the purpose. I've said it a million times. He didn't make you. And you go, whew, what am I going to do with that one? That's not the way this works. As a matter of fact, we're going to read the scripture in just a moment to show the exact opposite of that. So let me read to you Psalm 139, because this is so... Man, you gotta get this in your soul today. You, you, you gotta get this into your, into your mind today, in your heart today. For you created my, look at that, those words, inmost being. God created your inmost being. You know that, that place where you don't let too many people, or maybe anybody, some of us? You know that place that God created, He, he created your innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm going to make a strong statement in just a second. If you get offended, I love you anyway. This is why we stand against abortion. Hear me on this. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm just reading the scripture. If God knits us together in his mother's womb, I don't really give a crap what the argument is about whether it's a baby or not. It's already a purposed entity that God has created. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so let me encourage you, and if this bothers you, you guys know I don't talk politics very often. This might be the first time I've ever done this on stage since we launched this church. But my number one for voting is the issue of abortion. Because I believe in what the scripture says here, in the reality of that he knit me together in my mother's womb. Look at this, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame catch this, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. God was weaving you together before you were ever in the womb. Do you hear that? He was creating a story. He was creating a purpose. He was creating meaning to you, to who you are. Right? He he didn't just like create Marcus and then go, I don't know what to do with that one. Right? No, he had this idea and he was like, you know what? I'm going to make this dude. One day he's going to lead worship. He didn't even know these people from Leesburg, but I'm going to move him to Leesburg and he's going to become a worship leader in Leesburg. And then then he's going to pull Dimitri in and he's going to pull Damien and all these guys that are coming to come together. John's going to be, come on, listen, listen, listen. There's purpose and meaning to every little thing that God has put together in your life. You got to hear that today. You got to get that somewhere, somewhere deep inside of you. And maybe the the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy that reality, right? Inside of you and who you are. Verse 16, your eyes, they saw my unformed body before you were ever formed, right? You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Whoo, come on now. That's some serious, powerful scripture right there. For us to grab and to put inside of our souls and understand. And so for some of you, listen, that are struggling, 
with meaning. You're struggling with purpose. You're struggling with some of those things. Maybe you're struggling with depression or something. And I need you to hear something so, so clearly this morning. God loves you right where you are. You're, 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 you're not a mess. You're not just a project that he needs to fix. Listen to me. He loves you. He is so crazy about the idea of who he's created you to be that he still sees that potential inside of you. No matter what you have done. I don't know about you, but I am so grateful for that. Because I could tell you some Mike stories that would make your stomach turn. Come on, somebody. About who I was. Right? And yet God would love me in such a way. Come on, somebody. Anybody else testify to that reality? So whoever you are today, wherever you are today, know that God created you on purpose with meaning You are not an accident. You did not evolve from a monkey. You're created. Before you were ever in your mother's womb. And when you look at how something is made, come on, you can begin to get an idea of what its purpose is. Are you hearing me? Like if we can understand some things about the made thing, we can start to understand its purpose. So let me say it this way. If you're dissatisfied with your life, it's because you're pursuing something you were never made for. I'm just going to let that sit in for just a second. Are you hearing me? Right? And so my, my, my job today, my goal today in this is, is to stir you towards purpose. It's to maybe give you just a little bit of courage to say no to the things you need to say no to. And say yes to those things that God preordained, pre-set up for you to do, right? Listen to me, I'm not saying every day is going to be all Mr. Bluebird on your shoulder. This ain't Disney somebody, come on. But what I am saying is, in the midst of the chaos of this crazy world, in the midst of the... Come on, 2020, what happened? Come on, somebody. Right? Like, what? what? But even in the midst of madness, you can have joy. You can have peace. You can have a sense of, of purpose in the midst of the storm. Listen, just because you're in a storm, the storm doesn't have to be in you. That's... That's what God wants for each and every one of us today. So I want to give you um, four ways. I want to, I'm going to give you four ways that the Bible talks about discovering purpose. Because obviously I've led you to a place. Now the very practical question is, okay, that sounds all good, Pastor Mike, but how the heck do I figure out what my purpose is, right? So let me give you, um, you guys know I try to give you practical things. I'm going to give you four ways that I see in the Bible that God gives purpose. There are probably others, but here are four main ways that I see it, okay? Number one. Number one is is a call from birth. In other words, when I was young, I always wanted to fill in the blank. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? Like, I always dreamt of doing this, or I always dreamt of doing that, but, well, debt happened, and marriage happened, and way too many kids happened. Right? It's funny, last night we were eating dinner and we were talking about Ayana going off into the, uh, 
the Marines, because this time next year, most likely, then uh, my daughter will be at Paris Island, because that's her goal, right, is to be a Marine. And then we started about talking about her traveling, and Jasmine was talking about this and that, and Jen said, hey, do, do it while you're young. <laughs> and I laughed, and I thought about it this morning, I thought, isn't that true? Like, we get to the point where I got a mortgage, and I got the kids, and we got soccer practice, <laughs> right? And we, and we lose this sense of meaning and purpose and all. And, and I want to say this to you. Many, many of us think we've gotten too far away from that, and it's never going to happen. But the Bible is very clear. Listen to me. The Bible says that your calling is irrevocable. That's what the Bible actually says. We read the verse two weeks ago. It's irrevocable. The calling that God has for you. So for some of you, you know, it, it, it may be like, yeah, but, well, I always wanted to be a police officer. And now I'm like, I'm too old. I'm not going to go to the police academy and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Listen to me. Listen. Maybe God gave you a desire in that direction. But maybe that's some way that you get involved with the police department in a different function or way these days. And then you see that. Are you tracking what I'm saying? Like, like maybe there's a different, maybe it's getting involved with the community in some way. Maybe you're like, you know, I always thought I was going to be a teacher. Hey, why don't you come get involved with The Rock here at the high school and see if God didn't open doors and lead towards something else where you work as an assistant or something in the school? Because that's what God does. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But again, listen, you got to choose it. Are you hearing? You got to choose. You got to take the step into that direction. No matter how far you feel from God's call, God can get you where he has designed you to be. Because my God, well, he operates outside of time and space. My God is a great redeemer. In other words, he can redeem time. Listen to me, seniors. You're here for a reason. And it ain't pickleball. And it ain't shuffleboard. Right? Listen, you are here because God still has a calling that is irrevocable on your life. And we need you to step into that calling. We need you to be that reality of, of, of figuring out and saying, you know, this is what makes me stir. This is what, this is what makes me move. Boy, I was thinking back to people speaking life into me. There's a guy named Taylor Perez, Taylor Perez. And, uh, he was a counselor at the summer camp I grew, grew up going to. And uh, this is not a joke. Some of you have never heard this before, but this is not a joke. I grew up going to summer camp, a church camp, and it was called Camp Weed. That's a true story. Uh, but it was named after a bishop whose last name was Weed, right? But I grew up going to Camp Weed, and Taylor was a, a counselor there. And when I was like 17 years old, I was either 16 or 17, he asked me, hey, Mike, come here. I want you to take those kids and do this. And he gave me some directions to kind of lead this group of kids and do some stuff. So I went and jumped into it. When my mom came at the end of the week, Taylor, he said, hey, come here, come here, come here. He grabbed me and my mom, and he prophesied. And I thought about it as I was thinking about it. He prophesied over me in that moment. Because he looked at my mom and he said, I gave him a very simple task. He jumped right to the middle. He led. He got them in, in order. He, he, he did this. He said, I just see a gift of administration in, in him. I just see him being able to lead and he's going to lead people and he's going to lead them in a greater way. And I'll never forget that day. I could picture what he was wearing. I could picture what I was wearing. Come on. That we might speak life, that we might understand that there is a calling on your life. And it may have been from when you were very young. And some of you are, are, are even running away from a calling that you had when you were young. Some of you are called to ministry. 
And you've never fulfilled that calling. And you thought it had to be on a staff of a church. And what I'm saying to you is, we are all ministers. Right? And that ministry may look very, very different. Number two way that I think purpose is is found in the Bible. Number two is growing awareness. Growing awareness. In other words, that it's discovering purpose can be incremental. Okay? Like the story of Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph? Young kid, has a dream. The whole world bows down to him, including his brothers, right? So what does he do? Because he's young and dumb. Come on. Goes to his brothers and goes, guess what? Right? You're going to bow down to me. To which his brothers are like, yeah, I'm going to punch you in the face is what I'm going to do. Right? Like, just like you would react to your sibling. And as a matter of fact, they do punch him in the face. They beat him up, throw him in a pit, and sell him off as a slave. Come on, somebody. Right? What's going through his head in this time? He gets sold off and he goes to Potiphar's house. Name of the guy? That mom, his mama didn't like him. But, but Potiphar's house, um, he, he's, his, the wife tries to sleep. He's got a cougar wife, tries to sleep with Joseph. He runs from it, doesn't do it, right? But he gets put in prison. <laughs> it's in prison that he determines somebody's dream. They get out because he deciphers the dream and he says, remember me. And guess what they do? They forget him. So he spends a few more years in prison till finally he comes back. And eventually, listen, eventually, he's standing there and he becomes the number two guy, right? Like we all know the story. You've all seen, at least seen the cartoon, uh, Prince of Egypt or, or, you know, this. And he's standing there as the number two guy. Have you ever looked to know how long it was from the time of his dream to the time he was standing there as number two? Because it was 22 years. Now that is probably the worst news I'm going to tell you all day. And what I mean by that is, sometimes it takes some time. Come on, everybody. We are in an instant society. We want to, Google, tell me what my purpose is. Right? Alexa, Alexa might know. Ask Alexa when you get home. No, no, no. It just, it's going to take time. Sometimes it's incremental. But catch these words in Genesis 50, 20. His brothers come. They don't recognize him. They're standing in front of him. He's got his Egyptian garb on, so they don't recognize him. And then he reveals himself and he says these words. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. He has enough wherewithal to go. You know what? Because of what I'm doing with the famine right now. Thousands of people are are getting saved. And now I realize why I went to prison. And why I went through all, and why y'all beat me up and threw me in a pit. And all I'm saying to you is this, listen to me, for some of you, your purpose is incremental. And what we're not doing is we're not paying attention to the big picture. We're doing the whole social media scene thing. We're just looking at these individual scenes and going, this stinks. Like, I don't like this position I'm in today. I don't like this job I'm in today. Why do I have to live in Leesburg? And we complain about scenes. Hear me. We're not looking at the whole story. God might be incrementally putting some things together. People in your place, situations, even trials. Why does God allow trials? Because he's more worried about our character than he is our comfort. Right? And so if you're uncomfortable right now, If you're in a trial right now, could it be that there is a growing awareness that could be found of your purpose? Listen to me. God didn't fall asleep last night or last week. Like some of you had one of those weeks where you're like, God, what the heck? Did you fall asleep? Hello, big guy here, right here. Pay attention. All heck's breaking loose. I'm going to kill one of these kids. God didn't fall asleep. 
No, God is allowing us to go through the trials and the troubles in each one because he's building something in you. See, for, for, for Joseph to be able to be the number two in Egypt, he had to see that he would be able to stand up to that his moral character, right? When he got challenged by a woman throwing herself at him, right? He had to see that he would be faithful when God gave him the, 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 the interpretation of the dream, that he would be faithful in it. Listen to me, God's working on something inside of some of us. He's working on some things inside of you that is taking you towards a bigger purpose than you can even think or imagine. Sometimes, listen to me, it's incremental. Sometimes it's little by little, piece by piece. It's interesting, last week, um, Crescinda is, is uh, my oldest of my three girls, and um, she was working in the nursery last week, and last week we had a special needs kid come for the very first time. It's autistic. Mom came. She was kind of nervous about putting him in there. And... Um, so Christina came for, we always have family lunch afterwards, she'd come to the house and uh, she was like, dad, I got to tell you about this kid. I worked with this kid today and I gave him my total uh, attention. He's autistic. He's a looper and he runs and, and he, I think he punched her once. <laughs> I mean, like she was kind of going through it, but here's what happened. Here's what she says to me. I was just smiling, thinking about this week's teaching. She said, you know, um, I did the preschool thing before, hated it, walked away, decided I didn't want to be a teacher. And then I, she's done some other things. Well, now she's working at a preschool again. She's working at Christie's preschool now. And so she's back to kind of that role. But then when she went and did this the other day, she said to me last week, she goes, you know, maybe, maybe God's stirring something for me to work with special needs kids. And I was just laughing, thinking about this teaching. Listen to me. I was thinking about this teaching and thinking about like God's just incrementally Come on, opening up possibilities, opening up ideas and thoughts. So maybe that's a good teaching for us parents. Hey, parents, let them go through the process. Support them in their passion today, right? Push them 100% when they say they want to do something. Go do it. Make, let them do it 100%. But, but it's a journey. Come on, somebody. And maybe you're on a journey and you need to step back enough. As a matter of fact, that's why God gave us Sabbath. You know what Sabbath is? That's, you know, we're supposed to work six days and take one off. And for most, Sunday is your Sabbath. You take Sunday. Listen to me, don't go home and do a whole big honey-do list. You're welcome, men. Okay? But, but in all reality, listen to me. Take some time and consider your week. What did I go through this week? What was God trying to say to me this week? What was God teaching me this week? What was God chiseling away at inside of my heart? Right? So sometimes purpose comes in growing awareness incrementally. Does that make sense? Number three, band, you guys come on up. We're going to close in just a minute, but let me, let me give you two more as, as we close out today. Number three, way that sometimes we see purpose is just simply walking through open doors. God uses the craziest situation sometimes when you think about open doors. And when I think about the, the reality of Church of the Lakes, I mean, so this past week, we celebrated our three-year anniversary. And can I tell you, when we went to launch the church, I had zero intention, had zero thought of being at Leesburg High School. As a matter of fact, I had some people ask me, what about the auditorium at Leesburg High School? And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested whatsoever. It was just, no, not happening, not going. And so then you go a year into us launching at the theater, and all of a sudden, God starts stirring my heart. And God start, and then I meet Mr. Randolph. And then, you know, one thing happened and another thing happened. And then the door got opened to Leesburg High School. 
And now, look at what's going on. Like when you look at the rock, and we've got police officers and teachers from Leesburg High School that are part of our part of our church. Um, in a couple of weeks, the Leesburg High School cheerleaders are going to open up service for us. I mean, what's going on there? We we just paid this past week. You you just paid this past week for the uh, entire staff to have lunch when they were doing one of their staff meetings, getting ready for the students to come back. And, and, and so sometimes it's just open doors, but we're so busy with other things and our schedule. We're so busy comparing our lives to everybody else's. We're not paying attention to the open doors. We're not stopping and saying, Holy Spirit, should I walk through this? Esther is a great example, another sort of biblical example of, of this reality. Esther was, she was a Jewish girl. They were in exile. They were in another country, foreign land. And the king at the time, um, he wanted to parade his wife in front of all the officials, right? He wanted to make this big show of her. And she kind of showed her behind and said, no, I'm not doing that. You're not parading me around. So, so he fired her as, as, as wife and queen and threw a beauty pageant. Through a beauty pageant so they could find, and Esther just happened to be the one that she was beautiful and she passed the beauty pageant. And so he put her, her in place to do this role. At the exact same time, there's a guy who's trying to kill all the Jews, which actually is a theme that goes throughout history. It's a demonic spirit of trying to, to kill the Jewish people. But the reality being that she was put in place, right, in this place. And, and look at this, Esther 4. If you remain silent at this time, and this is and this is them talking to her, saying, you need to be a part of this. For if you remain silent at this time, a relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. There's the key words I want you to catch right there. For such a, a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for these days, nights and days, and I will attend, um, and, and I and my attendants will fast, uh, as you do. Then this is, uh, when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Right? So Esther, through the help of someone else, we need each other sometimes on this, through the help of someone else, actually says, you know what? This is the door. For such a time as this. Like this is. And so are you recognizing open doors? Let me ask this. Are you looking for open doors? Are you only looking for open doors that are your version of the story? That fit your agenda or your way of doing it? Because again, I told you, we weren't going to Leesburg High School. That was not in the cards for me. And yet, when it came and we saw and God spoke... We moved and and look now. Like I think now and I look at it and go, if we had stayed in the theater, we'd be two services, maybe having to do three services. Like I drove by the theater theater the other day and I'm like, it's too small. (laughs) Like it's too small for what God has done. We came really close. We talked to the owner about the possibility of, of purchasing the theater. And I'm looking back now and going, wow, that was my idea, that was our limited idea at the time, but look at what God had in store, right? Walking through open doors. The last way that, that people find um, purpose in the Bible, and, and I hope this helps you, is, is just simply a God encounter. It's just simply a God encounter. Look at the story of, 
of, of, of Saul uh, in Acts 9 here. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, right? So there's this guy named Saul, and he is killing Christians. Like, the, literally, that's his job. He's like Christian, you know, bounty hunter out just... Uh, doing horrific things, right? Murder threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which is what Christianity was called in the beginning, the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So sometimes it's just simply God encounters. Let me ask you this. Do you put yourself in a place to have God encounters? Um, Maybe there's a reality that some of us aren't realizing our purpose are understanding our purpose because we actually don't ever put ourselves in a place to have a relationship with the creator. You know, if, if you, if you took this iPhone and you never knew, you had no idea what this thing was. Like somebody just handed it to you for the first time. You had never seen one before. Like we hand one of these to somebody in like the 15th century, right? And they, and they would look at it and they would wonder and they could walk around and they could ask anyone and everyone they could find back then, what, what do you think? And a whole bunch of people might go, well, let's try this or that. And they might figure out a few things. But you've got to go back to the creator. You've got to go back to the instruction manual to actually figure out what it is. And, and, and we, need, we need a God encounter. And you need a God encounter. You need to find that place where you actually can can understand that the creator of the universe created you. He had an idea for your life before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. He had a purpose and a plan and something specific to do with your life. And so I want to challenge you today to choose purpose. To choose purpose. Each day that you might consider, is there an open door today? Am I putting myself in a place where I could have a God encounter today? Am I, am, I, um, am I living in such a way where I'm aware, right? That, that I understand that, that each thing that I go through, maybe God's using, maybe that trial at work or that trial with that relationship right now. God wants to use these things because he's, he's building something in me. He's building my character. So to choose purpose is really just to pay attention daily to the fact that the creator of the universe designed me. And if I'll open my eyes, he wants to have encounters with me. He, he, wants, to, he wants to speak to me. He wants me to pay attention and understand what he's doing each day and what he's building inside of me. And so I want to challenge you this week to, to really consider each day purposefully in choosing to consider that, that God has something specific for you to do. Even today, even as you get off of this video and you go on with the rest of your day, what is the purpose for today? What is it that God has called you to do? And I want to challenge anyone who's there, who, who, who's listened to this for the first time and maybe hearing the relationship with God just a little bit differently, and you've never given your heart to Jesus before. 
He loves you, created you with a purpose, wants to have a relationship with you. And all you have to do is ask him, Jesus, will you be Lord of my life? Forgive me of my sins. And and, and best as I know how, I'm going to start to follow you and the ways that you created. So let me pray for you today in any of that, in any decisions that the Holy Spirit's put on your heart in this this whole sermon. God, thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. Thank you for the reality of purpose. And God, we choose purpose. We simply make that decision in this moment to say, I'm going to look for what you're doing with my life, why you created me, in the way that you created me, the personality, the spiritual gifts that you give me to understand there's something you have for me to do this day, tomorrow, this week, next week. So, Father, give us strength to follow and apply what you have said to us today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a fantastic week.